G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It involves every single one of us. The idea of focus today on what people will say about us after we are gone. Now, gone might be an important word in there because gone might mean after we have died. But it also might mean after we have left our employment. So if you were fired or you resigned, you move on to another position. Maybe you just move within the same employment, within the same company, within the same department to a different uh, level. Or it may relate to the milestones that we pass when we are raising our families. The way people talk about us when we are gone. That's our conversation today. It's likely to be a part of the kind of legacy we might talk about leaving behind. So those sorts of questions, you've moved on. How did they treat their family? How did he or she handle difficult times? What sort of impact did they make on the health of their family, on the health of their business or their church or their organization? Well, let's open up this conversation today around the sort of legacy we are likely to leave. Now, there must be a big difference between a life squandered and a life that's lived intentionally in the purposes of God. Well, what a great privilege it is today. Our special guest over this coming hour is the founder of Leadership Signature Coach. Ivan Ang is a leadership legacy coach, a speaker, a trainer. He helps high-potential individuals break through their own leadership ceiling so they can increase their effectiveness at leading others. Ivan, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Glad to be here. Ivan, uh, just give us a little insight here before we really get into this topic today because when people think about a leadership coach, uh, they think about someone uh, like, you know, I've just described uh, someone who helps high potential individuals Mm. break through their ceiling. Give us a little insight into what sort of things you do that you write about, that you speak about when it comes to uh, these sorts of areas of breakthrough. Sure. Look, I think that um, there's a couple of important points there to clarify. Um, I do work with leaders, but at the same time, I am really... I've just got a heart for people in general, and I think that the the important thing is for them to realise that um, everyone has something to leave behind, and everyone has a, an ability to make a significant impact on people around them. So be it with their teams at work or, as you mentioned, with, 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 your, with your family members at home, um, that intentionality around understanding what is it that you're actually imparting onto those people is, is absolutely 
paramount. And um, you know, one of the things that I realised is that not not near enough people actually put any any uh, any thought into it. Well, it seems to me that we're always imparting, whether we are trying to do so or not, and we're imparting either something that is good or we're imparting something that is bad. I mean, just uh, two sides. Uh, maybe we're imparting some things, uh, middle, middle ground there, I don't know. But uh, what are your thoughts about the sorts of things that people are imparting, whether they think about it or not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's so true there. The thing is that uh, we, we don't realise what people are picking up from um, even just observing the, the way that we carry ourselves. Um, I'm not sure if you realise this, but I, I'm, I, I love playing golf. And one of the things that I, that I realise is when I play with other people on the golf course, I observe how they carry themselves um, around 18 holes. And it's incredible to see their characteristics and their, and, and the, and their, their thought processes that comes out. And so uh, you just pick up a lot of things about the, the nature of people. Um, but so that, that comes from just observation. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I mentioned intentionality. I think that that's, that's the key there, the key word being um, intentionality so that people can understand what is it that they would like to actually pass on um, and, 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 and impact others rather than, you know, just um, being... Um, uh, not uh, unsure as to as to as to what people are picking up. Well, I love the idea that you can reflect on golf and bring really great deep insights from that. Because I suspect, and uh, I've, I've been known to play the odd round myself for for a number of decades, and not that I'm a great golfer at all, but I know what you're saying when you out on the course with some people who take their game particularly seriously and get angry after a bad shot or uh, when there's a lost ball. I mean, uh, you know, everything's falling to pieces. So you can learn a lot about people when you're playing golf. And I imagine that some of those sorts of reactions that people have are contagious even on the golf course. But it can be broadened, can't it, to if you're serving on a committee somewhere. If you've served on a committee or a board, you certainly get to know the way people react, the way people behave, and there is a legacy that's being passed on in all of that. So we learn a lot from our pursuits like golf. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, the, 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 the true nature of people come out in stressful situations. Uh, and yeah, uh, for some people... Off can be a quite a stressful situation, if, especially if they're not playing all that well. Uh, I know I've definitely been in those in those circumstances, in those situations myself. Um, and I think that the thing the, the, the thing that I wanted to to or to to, to make the, my coaching clients realise is that um, you need to be really authentic in terms of, of of a leader. So who you are personally outside of work, um, and, and, uh, and who you are at work. There needs to be a congruence there, so that authenticity comes out in how you lead, and then the discussion then goes on to how are you investing in the people around you, um, in order for them to become um, better uh, at, at, at what they do, and also become better in general as, uh, as, as people who relate to you on a daily basis. And so all that, all those, all those thoughts around. What is the wisdom that you're actually sharing with them to guide them? How are you actually um, imparting that? How, how structured is it or uh, unstructured uh, are those um, uh, discussions and conversations? Um, and then it becomes a, a deeper conversation around you know, how is it, as you said, how is it that you're going to leave uh, um, those, those teams? Are they going to be better off after you have departed from that role? 
um, or even more poignantly, um, you know, once we've departed this mortal coil, um, what, what, do, what do we want others to, to remember us by, uh, be it at work or at home or in our personal lives? So the intentionality might be in the things we say or in the behaviours that we are determined to intentionally put on display. And it's interesting because uh, coming back to the golf course for a moment, and I know we won't get get caught on golf all through this conversation, but uh, for that person who appreciates the game of golf and they recognise that there are others who are capturing something of their authenticity by playing the game with them, uh, this is an an interesting one because some people are competitive on the golf course and some of that competitive nature might be in the reactions that they have to a bad shot or a lost ball or a I've put the ball into the into the water or something like that. Others are much more passive and easygoing. And is there an intentionality you think you could actually uh, bring to your golf game as to how you are actually bringing uh, that image of your authenticity at the golf game? Is that uh, is that a relevant sort of point to make? Yeah, it is. I think that the thing is that uh, I, 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 not not just in golf, but in anything that we do, there's so much of um, the things that we we're, we're a part of. Um, that's such a mental. Um, it's it's su- there's such a high uh, uh, aspect of of, of how we'll, how it impacts us um, from a, from a from a mental perspective in terms of what we how we how we react. Um, and so, irrespective as to whether or not this sport, some people uh, uh, you know uh, some of your listeners may not be so much into into sports as as, as you and I, you or I may be, but in in any any circumstances, there's. There's lots of different ways uh, of, or circumstances or situations that we find ourselves, even being on the road um, and how you react on the road um, to someone cutting in in front of you. Um, all those things uh, add towards uh, how you choose um, to, to, to react to those circumstances. And the thing that I wanted to come back to is that, we, that, that others around us, you know, be it our kids in the car, they observe that and they pick it up, and, they, and there's so many teaching points uh, that can come out of those situations that we need to actually pass on, but we never actually spend enough time to actually um, sit down and talk about it. Well, what a great illustration because we can all relate to that too when we're behind the wheel and there are children in the car picking up every habit, uh, picking up our attitudes, uh, contagious ways that we might be reacting to other drivers on the road and while we might say one thing, our actions actually might be saying something completely different. So uh, a wonderful illustration there and when we talk about golf or when we talk about driving and uh, the sorts of road habits we might have, uh, coming back to the focus of our conversation today, uh, Ivan, and you know, not just about leaving something as an inheritance when we die, but what happens in our workplace, uh, the ethics that we have, that we are uh, employing as part of our work life or into our family, the way we treat people, we often don't think of the relationships we have at work as being a necessary place for us to leave a legacy. Do you find that people are actually quite surprised when you start to talk about the legacy that you might leave in your workplace? Yeah, I do. And I think that um, the uh, one, one thing I will say about ethics, though, is the thing is that I, I, I heard someone once said that um, there's no such thing as business ethics. There's just ethics. You yeah. either have them or you don't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I think that that's, that's so true. I, I believe that 
you know, the things that you, the, the way that you actually um, relate to people really um, demonstrates who you are and how you are going to be remembered going forward. From a business perspective, um, so let's, let's put aside um, what's, what's happening in your personal life and how that could potentially play out. From a work perspective, we spend so much time um, at work. In fact, um, in, in many people's circumstances, they spend more time at work than they do with their family. And we don't realise that the, there, is a, the, there is a need for us to, to focus on how we're investing into um, the people around us. We tend to just turn up at work, do what we need to do, go home and feel that that's okay and that's us contributing to, um, to, to, to work and to society. Um, what we don't do is to look at um, how are we actually setting other people, other people up for success. So one of the, one of the the, the, the great things that, um, uh, that, that 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 I get my uh, uh, coaching clients to focus in on is the whole aspect of succession. You know, John Maxwell, one of the world's leading um, leadership experts, says that a leader's lasting value is measured by succession. So it's not about how great you are in terms of doing what you do. It's really about those people who are going to come after you. Are you setting them up for success? And how is that succession planning um, looking, uh, looking like uh, in, in, in terms of your overall daily plans and your, and your goals and objectives um, in terms of your business plan? If you haven't actually put too much thought about that and all you're focusing on is just what you're doing, um, you, may not, it, it, you may not be actually um, you know, creating something that's going to last. And there might be a whole different conversation around what it is that makes a success. Uh, but we can talk about that and listeners might have some thoughts to offer when it comes to uh, what makes success. And so when you are in a workplace and you are uh, a person with ethics, uh, love that idea, as you say, uh, you either have them or you don't. Uh, question, of course, comes to where do we get our ethics from? And so it comes to how we are shaped uh, the sorts of influences that we allow to influence our own lives that are going to shape the ethics of our business life or of the way we are actually uh, performing or behaving or uh, contributing in our workplace. These things are uh, all really, really important. So the things that shape us, and I imagine here, uh, Ivan, from our younger years, uh, we've been shaped by things. Uh, and I, it gets, I guess, harder to change uh, once you get a bit older uh, if you recognise you've got the ethics wrong. What are your thoughts on, on uh, getting these things right at a younger age? Yeah, and that's where family and church play such a significant, a significant part. And, I, you know, I, I can't find a better organisation um, uh, uh, than, 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 than the church that I attend and as well as, you know, other listeners ha- attend in terms of... Uh, 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 in terms of their, 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 their chosen church, those, those foundations in terms of values, core values and how you carry yourself and the way that you, um, you, you should treat others, uh, all those biblical foundations, I, I genuinely think that that is absolutely, um, the, uh, should be where, where people actually focus their time, energy and efforts when it comes to looking within themselves 
um, and as well as how they could actually set the right examples um, and as well as how they should really be um, teaching young children, as you say, um, you know, from, a, from a very young age to, to, to live and as well as to act in the right ways. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. You might like to contribute to our conversation today, even along the lines of what is it that you see as the most important thing that you have ever inherited? Was it those dollars that came with a financial inheritance? Or was it something deeper by way of something that has shaped your character from someone uh, who has gone before? 1-800-316-316. And you can leave a note on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Our special guest is Ivan Ang. He's a leadership legacy coach, founder of Leadership Signature Coach. Uh, Ivan, let's talk about this idea of uh, inheriting money for a few moments because a lot of us, when we're thinking about leaving the legacy for our family, we're thinking about how we can accumulate a nest egg and that, uh, you know, if we don't spend it all, we don't have to spend it all, we'll leave some of it to our children. But, but there are some deeper things that we will be leaving to our families. Let's get a focus on that for a few moments. Yeah, I uh, I came across a very um, interesting quote that really impacted me, me deeply. There was, there was a, there's a financial advisor over in the U.S. called by the name of Ron Blue, and uh, Ron says wisdom creates wealth, but wealth almost never creates wisdom. And that, that when I read that, when I came across that, I went, wow, that that definitely. Um, is, is, a, is a big changing, uh, a game changer in terms of the way that um, I need to actually think about inheritance. And it's one of those things that really set me on this course of wanting to make sure that people are intentional about um, leaving behind more so of an emotional wealth, um, the, the passing on of emotional wealth and, and, and the inheritance that, that, that you can actually... Um, uh, impart onto future generations that way rather than just being solely focused on the dollars, as you say, and the, and the financial wealth or the assets that we pass on. Interesting to raise this issue of emotional wealth because a lot of people, and some will say uh, it is just compounding, uh, going from bad to worse, the way that our emotional and you might even bring in here like a mental health issue around these things, around a way that a lot of these things are actually being smashed by things that are happening within our society. So emotional wealth that starts within your family unit is going to hold you in good stead whether you become wealthy or not. So there's uh, this differentiation between uh, the wealth, as you say, uh, wisdom creates wealth, but wealth never creates wisdom. Uh, the idea of getting a focus onto the way that wisdom might create wealth within your own family. Yeah, and that's, that comes from the stories that you tell. Um, it's really part of your, your family DNA, isn't it? It's really um, the, 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 the wonderful stories that I remember from me, uh, from, my, from my family members. And I know that specifically, if you don't mind me sharing, that uh, my, my grandfather was such a significant um, um, figure in my life. And uh, he had the, um, the, 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 the foresight, I guess, to uh, have someone help him write a biography. And 
uh, when he passed that to me uh, back when I was only little, it didn't really mean that much to me, Neil, at that particular point in time, because I was just young and I didn't really, you know, I was just um, you know, getting on with just playing with toys and whatnot. Um, I was only about eight years old at that time. But then when I actually found it again on my bookshelf, years and years later during my uni days, and read the actual um, things that he said and the things that he went through and, uh, and, and what he wanted to impart onto his descendants and future generations, it deeply impacted me. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this, is, this is stuff that would have been forever lost had he not had that foresight of getting someone to help him write it down and capture it. And that's what I define as emotional wealth. And, and one of the great quotes that I, um, that, that I picked up from his biography is that he said, if my descendants are less capable than I am, then there is no point in saving for them. On the other hand, if my descendants are more diligent than I, then they will not need, have need for my wealth. And that really, that, that set my course in terms of making sure that I understood that it's not the financial wealth that he um, was going to pass on to me that's going to make the dif biggest difference to me. It was really what I did with um, uh, what, what I did with my life and, and, and what, 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 how hard I worked and, and the way that I carried myself that was the most important thing. We're having a conversation about the sort of legacy that we're passing on, not just wealth, but also as we're talking about emotional wealth. We're talking about the things that are shaping the character of the people in our lives, whether it is our families or whether it is those who we work with on a day-to-day -day basis. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Let's take a call from Alison in Queensland. Hello, Alison. Welcome along. Yes, good morning. Alison, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? Well, I'm just reminded of my father, who is now deceased, uh, but he left an incredible legacy in all of our lives. We were four girls, actually, in our family. And um, he was a godly man for as long as I can remember. And, of course, that was passed down from his mother, my grandmother, who was also the same. But he was also a very... Um, loving man um he was open-armed like you know he'd just open his arms and give you a great big hug but he was he was like that to everybody he absolutely loved people um and he was also a hard worker and it's it's amazing how many things that i have remembered and how my life is modeled after his to a certain extent uh now you know in in every way Alison, it sounds like you are an example of what Ivan is describing here. Ivan, what are your thoughts for Alison? Alison, uh, that's wonderful in terms of the recollections that you have about your father. My, my encouragement to you is start writing them down. Start journaling and start capturing all those occasions or memories of, of, of what your, 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 your father shared with you or, or what he was like in, in, uh, in, in, in his prime. And really... Start telling those stories to, to your kids, to your grandkids or to other family members and you will be absolutely surprised at um, how deeply that could potentially impact others.
Alison from Queensland, thank you so much for your input. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Talking about the legacy we leave, not just beyond when we are here full-time, in other words, when we've died, the legacy we're leaving in our workplace, in the clubs that we're a part of, in the boards or committees that we might sit on. 1-800-316-316. You know, Ivan, as I listen to someone like Alison, who calls in, and she she remembers these things from her grandfather, and, uh, and I hear you say, write those things down. What comes to mind is the story of Josiah, who was the boy king in the Old Testament, and uh, things had deteriorated in the kingdom, and uh, and somebody had discovered the books of the law. And uh, they were brought to Josiah and Josiah opened up the books of the law and began to implement those things because the wisdom of the past had been written down and he was able to restore a flourishing uh, nature to the nation of Israel as it was there at the time. This sort of thing is illustrated well and truly in the scriptures. Sometimes it takes a little bit for the penny to drop. Just a few seconds here, but uh, what are your thoughts? It, it, it definitely is uh, a, a wonderful story, and Josiah thought that it was um, this 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 new way of doing things. But it's not new, was it? It was it was it was just the wisdom of 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 um, generations past that has been captured effectively that was passed on um, to him. And you know, there, uh, I remember Psalm seventy eight. It says, "We will not hide them from from their children, but." Tell, um, but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord. But let's talk about some of the practical things, the how-tos. What do you do if you're on a journey in your life and you want to leave a legacy? I mean, this is not just a theory thing. Let's talk about how you might do that in practice. Where do you start? What are your thoughts? Yeah, as mentioned to um, Alison before, the starting point is just to start writing. And I guess... The, the, the commitment to the time that it's required um, to start capturing these um, thoughts and memories and, and the emotional wealth and wisdom that you would like to pass on to future generations just doesn't happen um, just because you're thinking it. Uh, it actually requires what I call bum glue, where you actually have to sit down and start um, just writing down these things. And it, incredibly, um, when you first start, you, it may not make all that much sense um, where there may be disjointed thoughts and, um, and memories that come to mind. But the more that you actually do, do it and the more you commit to it, the more that you start to actually be shaped by what, uh, what God wants to actually uh, identify as the important things that you need to pass on. So that's, that's, that would be my starting point. Uh, the other things that we can actually uh, start to work with um, individuals on, be it uh, leaders in in, in in companies or um, in individual family uh, units is to look at uh, what investing in in the time of gathering people together, be it your family or be it your team members, to sit down, um, gather together, talk about the things that are most important to you as a as a as a unit. Uh, what are the core values, in other words? Uh, that uh, are non-negotiable, uh, that, that, that identifies um, how, you, how you act, how you carry yourself, um, and what, what you want people to, to, to know you by. 
um, because you know your family and your your company may be different will, will be different to to others and how they react in cer- certain circumstances um, and this really much uh, really comes back to uh, that uh, that whole question around you know um, ethics and um, and, and core values and, and, and what is it that, uh, that you want to be known for. I imagine a lot of that for a family happens when you have a weekend away or a family vacation, a family holiday, and, you know, you're in your relational best, you're relaxed, you're less stressed, and you can talk about these sorts of values, and you still have to be intentional about that. But interesting to hear you say that if you are a business person, you lead a company, uh, then you take people away for a retreat so that they're capturing the values that you want to pass on for your business. So what works for family works for business here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the, the way that I've always led teams is that I've treated them um, you know, just like uh, a, a member of my own family and uh, I, I, I'd only um, say things or do things with them the way that I would actually treat my family members and um, and I, I was just talking to one of my team members just earlier today. I said that if there's one thing that I'd like to be known for is that I cared about you guys um, first and foremost before I cared about what the business needs are. And if I if I if I uh, am asked to go to somewhere else or if I leave and go on to to something else, um, I'd like to to make sure that that's something that uh, I'm known for. I guess we're unpacking here a dimension that comes around this idea that, you know, when we talk about being a Christian, a follower of Christ, we come back and we say, well, what did Jesus say? What did he do about these sorts of things? And, uh, of course, he made that ultimate leadership statement, didn't he, when he said, love one another as I have loved you. And so he's not talking there just about what happens within your family. He's actually talking about what happens on the journey of life with all the other people that you're attached to relationally. Now, that's a powerful comment that he made. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and I think that the, 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 this, this, the, the thing that we need to actually uh, remind ourselves is to make sure that um, we, we practice it and we reflect on it and, um, and understand how, how that actually plays out on a day-by-day basis. If you're in a business situation here, Ivan, it's very easy to think of your family as having the priority. Of course, uh, of course they are. They have a special place in our priorities and uh, we have a special love for them. Sometimes we can think of employees as uh, just a, a number on a timesheet. Uh, and sometimes less than the sort of value that really, as Christian leaders, we would actually have for those people. What are your thoughts for changing or altering or updating your attitude to the way that you, as a Christian leader, might respond in the workplace? I think that it's very difficult um, because we, we, we do live in a, a challenging um, environment where uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors, a lot of um, uh, society expectations that are thrust upon us. And um, the, the most, most important thing is to hold true to your core values and, and those biblical truths and, uh, and, and, and making sure that you don't deviate from them. And that's where checking in with one another and being accountable um, is, is so important, and um, be it to your pastor or to, to um, someone else who um, is strong in the faith. Um, we really need to do that on a day-by-day basis.
Uh, 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation today talking about leaving a legacy which is not just about when we're dead and gone but it's the legacy we're leaving even to those who we work with or those who we might be serving on a committee those who we might be in a sporting club with we're leaving a legacy for all of those 1-800-316-316 you can leave a note on our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash vision radio let's take another call Robin is on the line hi Robin Robin, welcome. Yes, hello. Um, yeah, I think uh, another aspect is um, the spiritual one where it's um, not just so obvious to us humans and even the Bible um, se- um, sets it up where um, God can um, uh, spiritually pass on from generation to generation either positives or negatives. You know, you know, some have a curse, some have blessings. And uh, the one person that I'm, I'm, I've always looked forward to seeing in heaven is my grandfather, I never ever knew him. He he died when I was when my grand when my father was twelve years old, but he has left such a legacy. Um, his youngest son, um, well, see, he was a from all accounts that I've heard and um, heard uh, written, um, he was like a, an evangelist or a lay preacher or something like that. But um, yeah, his youngest son, who was in utero when he died, actually he became a pastor. Neil, you knew him. And um, but he left so much. He was he was a professional artist, which I've taken after. So there was all that's all through the family artistic talent. But he also could play just about any musical instrument. He was so good. The only thing that beat him were the bagpipes, apparently. But the other thing was when 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 the depression was on, right? Because he lost a job. He was a, an artist for a newspaper, and rather than line up with thousands and thousands of people in the cities to get a job. He took his family out bush and um, they went hunting, fishing, grew their own vegetables and stuff like that. But he used to entertain the hobos. Now, he used to play music for them and um, my grandmother used to make food for for the hobos as they came and made extra. So um, I I really believe that um, since I've been a Christian, He's one person I really, really looking forward to meeting in heaven, and I think he's left a great legacy because there's all of those talents are in the family now. A lot of my cousins are musical. Um, some of them are in acting and filmmaking and stuff like that. So, Robin, um, what a know. wonderful thing to hear that bit of family history there because doesn't that illustrate what is left in the legacy of a grandfather here? Uh, your thoughts, Ivan, for Robin. What a great story. Yeah, and it, the, the, the more you talk about it, the more you, you, you recollect um, the, the, the significance of, of how... Um, our, our family members, our, our, our parents, our grandparents and others who are significant in our lives and how they have impacted us in the way that they carry themselves um, just goes back to what we started off this conversation about, Neil, in terms of um, just making sure that we are very aware uh, about how um, we're passing on those characteristics, those qualities um, to people around us, um, even inadvertently through biosmosis, through observation.
or um, intentionally as we're talking about in terms of how to actually make sure that they are aware of what, what we would like to be known for. Thank you so much to Robin for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let me just take us back to the uh, the the opposite of what we're talking about here. Uh, in fact, we're hearing some great stories of wonderful legacies that have come from family members that have been passed down from generation to generation. Some of those gifts, some of those talents, some of those attitudes, that resilience uh, that we've been hearing in these calls. But uh, the opposite is also true, Ivan. And let me just come back to a negative here. And uh, I'd love to stay on the positive, but the negative things that are passed on in families too are also having an impact. And uh, people will no doubt uh, have their own thoughts and might not be even as open to share those. But the things that are passed on through families when the bad stuff is allowed to proliferate within families, uh, it actually brings destruction. So if you're not intentional here, you can find yourself in real trouble and leaving the worst legacy for your family. Uh, Give us a little insight here, uh, Ivan, into the fact that you have to be intentional. Otherwise, the bad stuff can actually be the biggest impact. I I, I take it in two ways. I absolutely agree with you in terms of... um, um, negative um, aspects of, of, of who we are and what we do impacting future generations. And um, people who are not aware about those things will then um, be surprised to a certain degree as to why you know, they've created that for themselves. Um, but at the same time, the thing is that let's not forget that some of the most valu- valuable lessons in lives have come from mistakes. I know that. Uh, I know that a lot of people that I'm drawn to are are leaders that freely admit when they've done wrong, freely admit when they uh, have made a mistake, but also are so genuine in terms of their willingness and and desire to make right and and do what's right and, 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 and have that redemptive quality about them. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I, I just. I just. I just. I'm so drawn to people like that. And um, so let's not forget the the aspect of of, of being able to teach um, future generations or share with future generations the things that we've done wrong. Um, be open about it, but also um, teach them what is the right way to carry ourselves. Yes, there's the authentic mistake maker who actually is held in our highest esteem. Uh, And then there's the mistake maker who uh, covers things up and uh, lives a life which might be even, uh, you know, from some people's perspective, uh, a sense of evil. And even when there is things that are particularly bad that happen, uh, for us as we process those things and I'll get your thoughts here Ivan because not all of us have had a wonderful upbringing and a wonderful legacy left to us but when we can identify the mistakes and the bad things of our history uh, if we have some point of navigation to move forward if we have some point of recognizing what was right and what was wrong we process those and actually we can make good out of the bad, the idea of making the lemonade out of the lemons. Is, is this a, a, a way that you can sort of start to process the past if it hasn't been a positive one? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the thing is that um, we need to make sure that we spend that time to understand um, what, 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 what are those lessons that we need to actually um, learn um, and reflect and be able to then um, 
decide as to what would have been the right approach or right way uh, and, and, and be open to share that once again. I, I think that you know, the, the, the sad aspect of, of, of a lot of leaders is that they, they make these mistakes, but then they're not very open to um, sharing their true um, thoughts around um, what is it that they would have done. Um, and they carry themselves in a, in a very negative or bad way, and people know that and people can see that, and they're not drawn to leaders like that. I know I'm not. And so it's, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's really a, an opportunity, opportunity missed, I guess. Um, and that's, that's why I, I love working um, with, with leaders who um, can actually understand that there is so much value in being able to teach what's right from their own mistakes and so, be able to help others. So you've got the parent who's never wrong or you've got the boss who never admits <laughs> when he's made a mistake. And uh, if you are the person who can bring into the equation, whether it's family or whether it's workplace, a position of humility which says we can learn from our mistakes, uh, I'm sorry, let's all learn together. I mean, that's uh, that actually raises the esteem of the boss. Is that what you're saying too? Because uh, you know, this is the way that I guess uh, when you're talking about being intentional and when you're wanting to pass on uh, those uh, characteristics which make good character and shaping for the future, a little bit of honesty makes all the difference. Yeah, I remember a previous manager that I worked with before and she and I had uh, one of those really tough discussions and she said, look, look this, this, if there's one thing I really like about you, Ivan, is the fact that you are the first to admit when you've done something wrong. And, uh, and, and I, I still remember that conversation very, very well. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where yeah, I, I can guarantee you that we will make, make mistakes, Neil. Um, every, uh, we're human um, at the end of the day. And so um, it's how we deal with it. How, you know, what's the choices that we make? Do we cover it up, as you say? Some people do do that, or do we do we focus on just you know, um, you know, protecting our our, our reputation and ego, um, or do we take a different approach? And I don't know about you, but um, I love it when I when I see humility. Um, I see people who are willing to make right, and uh, and that, those those are the, the the true legacy makers. Humility truly is one of those great virtues that so many of us have to work a little extra hard from time to time uh, for that to actually be evident, uh, but it is certainly worth working on. And if we don't feel like we're a particularly humble person, this is an area of uh, of perhaps on that journey of making some changes along the way and becoming a little more humble. Hey, we've touched on a great set of practical things to do, Ivan. You said write things down. Uh, go away with your family. Go away with your team and uh, be relational in those times. Pass on those good ethics that you want to pass on. Another thing just to, to quickly pick up on is this idea of marking milestones, uh, of uh, taking a moment to uh, encourage and reinforce uh, with others when they're passing particular milestones, not ignoring those, not leaving those things unattended. Uh, that's got also this uh, sort of powerful impact on, on how you'll be leaving a legacy in your workplace or in your family. Yeah, and being very clear on what those milestones are, Neil, um, I, I guess a lot of people just go through life um, just you know, meandering through the day-by-day, day, the, uh, the, the things that uh, impact or, or are thrown to us, uh, curveballs that come, come our way on a daily basis. 
um, and, and not realise that um, we're all heading towards a specific goal or specific objective, um, but being very clear as to uh, what are the, the, the progressive steps along the way um, in terms of achieving those things that are most important to us, be it for our family or be, be it for, the, for our teams. Um, and so once you've actually reached it and you don't actually spend the time to reflect on how you've uh, gotten to that point and where are you along that journey, uh, people just, you know, they, 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 they lose that bit of um, uh, interest or lose that that. Uh, that, that, that direction that's really required from a leader um, to understand that they've done well, understand that they are doing well and, and um, how they uh, can do even better going forwards in the next state, the next phase of, of achieving those goals and objectives. So milestones are absolutely critical um, in terms of um, you know, being able to plan a legacy. Ivan, just taking us back to something you said a little earlier in our conversation and we've only got a couple of minutes remaining and just to come back to this very important the idea that those things that are shaping us uh, our family and uh, you said a little earlier on there's no better shaper of your ethics uh, of those things that you think are valuable to you and the virtues of your life uh, that might come through your local church. If you're not getting your values and ethics from a biblical foundation that will be coming through in all sorts of ways in your local church, you're perhaps uh, on a direction which is sort of cut loose from reality. Uh, what are your thoughts for people who might be thinking about, uh, you know, where do I get these sorts of values that are going to be the shapers of the next generation, whether it's in my family or my workplace? Uh, come back to this local church idea for a few moments Ivan yeah I I, I think the community in general um, a sense of belonging is, 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 is what people are craving for today more so than ever if you think about um, the, 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 the the impact of social media you think about the disjointedness I know you mentioned my Facebook page but at the same time the thing is I, I, I'd rather be um, on the call with someone like yourself or others and, and talk um, with someone in person and, and really understand uh, where they're coming from uh, rather than just be connected and just have numbers on a, on a site in terms of how many people are connected to, to, to me. Um, and I guess that, that that sense of community is so paramount today more so than ever and the best communities that I've seen are the ones who... Uh, understand you uh, and understand uh, what what what's best for you, and also are willing to teach and help you understand um, the, the 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 strong uh, biblical truths that will provide you with that true north in terms of um, what's going to be the guiding principles in your life. And once you actually can capture those things and understand those things and be able to. Um, implement them, and then you start to be able to be in a much better position to be able to share it with others, be it um, team members at work or um, with your own family members, um, and, uh, and, and start that legacy journey. Ivan, wonderful getting your insights today. I'll just uh, top off our conversation with a comment from Adam on Facebook, uh, who said, I'm so blessed my four grandparents all left the legacy of reading the Bible daily, they endured some kind of the toughest times in our history. They survived it well and without the need for alcohol in their lives. 
well done to them for fighting the good fight. Now, that's someone who has uh, family heritage and they know the stories and uh, they're able to recognise the value in that. And so as we talk about family, as we talk about things that happen in the workplace, uh, great insights today, uh, great tips practically too for how we actually address this journey that we are on. Ivan Ang is a leadership legacy coach. He's the founder of Leadership Signature Coach. And there is a Facebook page that you can follow Ivan on. It's Ivan Ang. That's Ivan, I-V-A-N, Ang, A-N-G, Leadership Coach. Facebook.com forward slash Ivan Ang Leadership Coach. Uh, Ivan, just great getting your insights. Thank you so much for sharing these thoughts with us and our listeners today on 2020. It's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.